Welcome to the LCAL, a low-carb ancestral living podcast. I'm your host, Pim Johnson, and each week I'm bringing you new guests who will share their opinions and expertise on different topics related to health and well-being. Enjoy! Hi and welcome to LCAL Low Carb Ancestral Living with Pim Johnson. Today's guest is a certified health coach and author who has suffered from both Hashimoto's and lupus. And she has also written the book Roadmap to Autoimmune Remissions, which is available on Amazon if you want to check that out. So she's here today to tell us about her journey and how she has put both of these autoimmune conditions into remission and she will try to help you do the same thing. So welcome to the show, Christy. Yeah, so I'm glad to be here. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. I I was actually really excited about this one because I think autoimmune conditions, even if we don't hear about them, there are a lot of people that have them. So I'm wondering if you can just start telling us about your story, what happened when you first developed autoimmune conditions, which one you had first, etc., and how old you were, because they usually or often turn up mm. quite early. Many of them do, especially one of them that you have. Right. Yeah. So I was diagnosed first with Hashimoto's when I was in my early 20s. Mm. And I just struggled for years. I Some people have horrible fatigue, chronic fatigue, brain fog. Um, I lost my eyebrow hair. Um, just like a bunch of different symptoms and I just couldn't seem to live a normal life. And I felt very lonely in that journey because I essentially just felt like I was an 80 year old woman. That's the only way I knew how to explain it. And I was in my twenties and it wasn't until my thirties that, um, I was then diagnosed with lupus. Hmm. Um, and then lupus became a totally different journey in that, um, you know, autoimmune disease is essentially called invisible disease. You don't know the person's actually experiencing something. They look fine. They act fine from the outside, but inside their body is basically in turmoil. It's fighting against itself. And with lupus, suddenly things became physical. I started losing clumps of hair rashes on my face. I had horrible joint pain. Um, and it got to the point where I couldn't even keep track of all the symptoms that I was experiencing. So I not only went the conventional route, the Western medical route and seeing a specialist, a general practitioner and trying to get help that way. Um, I was so desperate. I started seeking out Eastern a bunch of different unconventional approaches, acupuncture, you name it, because I was just trying to find some sort of relief. And what I found was things helped me here and there, but nothing fully helped me. And I realized a lot of things were missing in overall medicine or helping somebody with a condition. We need to look at ourselves holistically So I started taking on the mindset of if my environment is really clean, why am I not doing everything to make my environment clean? Because that will only help me to feel better. Well, same thing with my mindset. Why am I not working on my mindset? Why am I not developing a positive, I can get through this type mindset? That's going to only help me as well. Why am I not doing self-care? So there's like all these different things you could do 
And it has an amazing impact on your health if you do a little bit of this and a little bit of that, maybe outside of what your practitioner is telling you. Why not take an empowered stance and do other things that are proven to lower inflammation, whether that's diet or all the other things we can talk about too. So that's um, that's interesting that you mentioned uh, inflammation as well. When I mean, when you were in your twenties, did you even have a clue about diet and infl- that inflammation plays a role and all of these things, or is that something that you learned throughout your own research after the age of thirty? Yeah, I think I learned a bunch along the way. Um, I knew intrinsically, and maybe this is just me intuitively, I felt that something is causing this. There's a root cause, and I believed that nutrition played a part. However, I thought I was eating healthy for many years, and it wasn't until I started looking at food differently and finding a doctor that had a very unconventional approach to nutrition that I knew I would get unconventional results. So if you're doing something different, you're going to get different results. And in this case, after many years, those that different result was remission, which is what I was seeking for so long. Yeah. So I'm I'm just making an assumption here that <clears throat> excuse me, when when you went to the conventional doctor when you were treating your Hashimoto's, I'm assuming that you were just put on some sort of thyroid medication. And then Mm -hmm. when you got diagnosed with lupus, what did they recommend you to do then? So when I was diagnosed with lupus, I was seeing a different doctor who had a different approach. He told me lupus is a choice. And that's a bold thing to say. Yeah. But he truly believed if I changed my nutrition that I would be in remission. And he was right. So it was looking at nutrition very differently through the lens of evolution so that some plants, I mean, plants have been here for billions of years and some have evolved to not want to be eaten. They're actually quite smart. So we see poisonous plants. We see all, you know, plants that have noxious fumes. They use chemical warfare. And in the world of nature, and the same is true with us, just because something's a plant doesn't mean it's good for us. In fact, there's armor or there's seeds, there's skin. These are all things that can be toxic to consume. And somebody like me is a canary in a coal mine, whereas some people will experience um, poor health conditions later in life from years of eating things that maybe do not serve them and are actually quite inflammatory. And an example of this would be the legume family. So like beans, um, they're very hard to digest, as many people know, right? We initially experience bloat, gas, and it's our body's warning sign that this is really hard to digest. And if something is hard to digest, it wreaks havoc on your system, not just your digestion, but it causes inflammation in the body. That's awesome. So I want to ask a little bit more about this second doctor that you had. What type of doctor was he and what did he recommend that you were doing diet-wise to get your lupus into remission? Yes. 
So he is an internationally famous cardiologist and lung surgeon, heart and lung surgeon. And he was tired of seeing his patients go to the operating table. Um, so he started, he had a fascination with diet. And at least in America, doctors have two weeks, if that, of nutritional studies. So he, it was a, a passion project for him, like a side project to start really diving into nutrition, studying it, figuring out why, if we're eating healthy, why are people still gaining weight, which is another sign of inflammation, and why are they on the operating table? Why do we have so many cases of heart disease and autoimmune disease? Um, so basically... He took a an interest in nutrition, and because of that, he was able to determine that certain foods, um, certain foods had properties called lectins, which is a protein found in plants, which can be very inflammatory. Okay, so what did he recommend that you were supposed to be eating then? Yeah, so he um, recommended that I eliminate all grains. So I'm beyond gluten-free. Gluten is just one small little piece of the puzzle, and we see how much that causes disturbance in many people's bodies. But there's so much more to it. So I don't eat rice or corn, um, quinoa. These are all grains. So I am completely grain-free, and I do not eat the nightshade family. Um, and that's like tomatoes and peppers and whatnot. Yep. And also um, legumes, which we talked about. So beans, um, and that's green beans, that's soy. So it's, it's, a, it's actually quite nuanced, and it's a different way of looking at food. But um, you'll notice, at least in America, there's an enhancement of eating these food groups, more so than, say, the 1960s which is really interesting that we don't look backwards in time. Pre-60s, we barely had any autoimmune disease cases. They were very rare. And now it's on the uprise. And not only that, we're seeing people diagnosed younger and younger. We're seeing more children than ever. It used to be an adult disease, and now it's children as well. So it's obviously tied into nutrition as well as lifestyle and how we're trending. Yeah, absolutely. So how did you go about changing your diet when he told you this? Did you just jump straight in? Yeah, I definitely had a 100% commitment because I think where my mindset was at after 10 years of feeling like a zombie, basically, and just ill and... I mean, that's the only way I know how to explain it, that I was that desperate that I would try anything. If somebody told me, do a handstand for an hour every day, that would heal you, I would do it. Yep. I was that open-minded, and I think that's what it takes to heal. You have to be open-minded, and you have to give something a good try and really commit to it, just like anything else in life. When you see unconventional results with somebody that's in business or whatever, they're doing something different, and they're totally committed to it to get different results. But yeah, so when I initially started this journey with nutrition, I dove in. It was really hard. I didn't understand it. And when I work with clients now, I make a point to explain the why. Because if you don't know the why, 
it seems arbitrary. It seems like, why am I doing this? This is so hard. But if you understand the background of something, you can create a mindset of, I know if I eat this, it's my body's poison. Yeah. And if I eat this over here, it's my body's fuel. And it's creating that distinction that really helps somebody create strong habits that serve them in their journey. That's so awesome. How long did it take before you started seeing any results? That's such a good question. It was really interesting. So this really tested my mindset because in the first weeks, I started feeling worse. And I was doing something really hard. It was I just completely changed the way I ate. And that's not easy, as we all know, and sticking with that. And I started seeing even more hair come out of my head, which has grown back, thank God. But um, also, you know, the rashes, the joint pain. And it was as if my body, I told myself, my body maybe is just detoxing. Maybe we're just getting rid of the last of this stuff. And I hung in there as hard as it was. And, it, and then I started after those two, three weeks of feeling worse, I started feeling better. I started noticing little symptoms go away, which can be so rewarding to keep you on track. If you track your symptoms and you're able to cross things off as yeah. you are feeling better, that really helps. And then after I'd say about three and a half months, I had a distinct moment where I felt like myself again. I felt like I was much younger than I was, which was a new sensation for me. And I'll always remember that day I started whistling. I was doing stuff that were, you know, a list of things that I never said I would even get to. I'm like, oh, that would be great if I got to all these things. And I was just tackling things. I had energy like a a young kid. And that is healing. Yeah. That gives me goosebumps. I'm having goosebumps here. <laughs> like, yes. You know, you know what's crazy? I've had a client who had the same experience. She said she was whistling. She was so happy. And I think when you are that happy, you know you're in alignment. You know you're healthy when you're really, really happy. It's like a, it's a symptom of, ha- of health, I think. Yeah. When you're in- innately happy. That's, yeah, that's just amazing. So for everyone who's listening now, just want to reiterate the importance of actually sticking with something, even if you don't see results immediately, because they will come. Because often I feel like Mm -hmm. so many people are trying something for a week or two, and it doesn't work, and then it just jump onto the next thing, and then onto the next thing. And then we never, ever get to see the results of any of those whether that be diets or whatever it is. So just pick one thing that you think sounds reasonable and stick with it for months, maybe six months. Mm-hmm. Give it a longer period of time because, as you say, you mm-hmm. felt worse. <laughs> and that's not necessarily a sign that it's not working. Exactly. And it's having the mindset that I'm willing to give this a try. I'm willing to give myself a try. Like really sitting down and recognizing what's important to you. How important is your healing? It should be the most important thing because it'll change the trajectory of your life. It'll change your relationships. It'll change what you do for a living, how well you do in life. It's health is everything. Yeah, absolutely. When you don't feel good, 
you're never going to have the energy to do the things that you like doing. So it's absolutely worth um, looking into and doing something about. So I just want to... So one of the things that I really, really love about what you are doing is that you are looking at the body in a very holistic way. So you're not you're just not looking at diet as a solution to what you're doing. You also include other areas of your life, like the mental aspect, etc. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to bring them up myself, but do you want to talk a little bit about those different aspects that you think are important for people to actually bring into their life and pay attention to in order to heal? Yes, absolutely. I think this is what's missing overall in Western medicine as a society is that we only look at what we're eating and whether we're working out or not. And we are such complex individual human beings. We're beings and we need to be treated as such. So there are many things that impact our health, and science is starting to show that. For example, stress can lead to disease. So you can have a smoothie every day. You can eat a salad. You can do all the quote-unquote right things. But if you're really stressed out, your heart is compromised. Your brain is compromised. Your cognitive function There are so many things. So I think it's really important to start looking at ourselves as these complex human beings. So looking at stress management, um, being able to meditate or breathe properly or bringing in mindfulness into your everyday to lower stress levels, to also look at your environment. There might be things within your environment, whether it is a pollutant, something toxic, or it could be something like mold. Some people don't even realize they're being exposed to black mold in their house, um, which can accumulate and lead to something else. And that's a whole other topic. But to look at your indoor and your outdoor environment and what are the things that you can do to daily refresh your system and detox. Um, Also looking at, I believe, in connection. So it's it's different in that I think disease You know, people have, they develop some sort of disease in their lifetime, God forbid, but we do have a propensity for things because of our stress levels, our environment and whatnot. But it's overall, I think, a connectedness. So dis-ease versus connection. And the way I work with somebody is getting connected to yourself again. When you have symptoms, big or small, to pay attention to them, to ask questions, where where is this coming from? Is there a root cause? Why am I, for example, sneezing every day? It, It could be something like, oh, well, it's an allergy or it's mold exposure or something else. But it's also connection to your food. Where are you getting your food? Where are you getting your meat? You know, and I think part of the thing that we talked about a little earlier, like prior to the 60s, um, and America is worse at this than I think European countries and whatnot. It's that we just don't know where things come from. It used to be you knew your butcher, you knew the farm, you grew your own vegetables, and it's getting back to knowing where things come from, so a connection to food. And I also think that ties into like connection to the planet, connection to other species, 
um, connection to each other. We, sh- you know, science is showing that obviously with this whole COVID situation, the pandemic, people are separate from others, and it's been really unhealthy for mental health because we don't have this connection. Um, and I believe a connection to something higher. So it's like looking at your life and how connected you are to heal. Yeah, that's awesome. So what does your day or life look like in terms of all of these different aspects? What do you do to maintain your mental health and uh, and obviously your diet, etc.? Yes, that's such a good question because I I think um I have I intentionally start my day. So I have a routine where I go outside. I I'm lucky enough to have a backyard and I sit in my backyard grounding and for those of who don't know what that is, it's taking off my shoes and touching the planet. So again, it's finding connection again. Um you know, many years ago, we farmed, we touched the soil, we ran barefoot. And now there's all this evidence showing that it's anti-inflammatory just to ground, to put your feet on the ground. So I start my day doing that. And while I'm doing that, I meditate. And again, for me, that's connecting to something else and just creating intention for what I want my day to look like. So it's starting within. Yeah. And starting just by connecting. Um, so that's how my morning starts, at least. But it's it's different than, say, like reaching for your phone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and starting your day looking at the news. <laughs> like, I'd rather not have that. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> I would agree. rather not look at that first thing. <laughs> no. And then how, how does your day go on? <laughs> what else do you do? And what do you eat? Yeah, so um, I do like to start the day with a green smoothie um, during the week. And something, how I like to approach the week is Monday through Friday is kind of like my go time. I'm really healthy. And then weekends, I'm more lax on my routine and I kind of kick back. Um, You know, maybe I'll have pastured eggs or something like that over the weekend. But Monday through Friday, I definitely like to focus on getting fuel in my body, which to me is a green smoothie. Um, I try to lean towards a lot of plants that are anti-inflammatory because I noticed eating a lot of greens, for example, gives me a lot of energy. Um, And that is something somebody with autoimmune disease in the past they just crave natural energy, and that's one of the easiest ways to do it. And I'm also huge on hydrating in the beginning of the day, making sure I have enough water because that also fuels my energy. And um, just professionally, like I'm either doing calls with people, like clients, and working with them one on one. And then I always make dinner. So it's again, it's like connection in that way too. I make a lot of my food. And um, it doesn't have to be super time consuming and you don't have to be a chef, but it is, you know, introducing a lot of vegetables. And if you are eating meat, it's clean, it's grass fed, it's wild seafood, that kind of thing. And I, I wrap up my day with a meditation, too. So it's kind of like I start my day with a meditation and I end it with a meditation connecting. That sounds very blissful, all of it. <laughs> 
And I, and you know, I think what's interesting too, I've noticed a trend with, um, because I mostly work with women who have autoimmune disease and something interesting to bring up is asking yourself, do you have good self-care practices? Because what I've noticed is that women with autoimmune disease, at least the ones I've worked with, there's a trend of taking care of everybody else and not doing nice things for yourself. And when I ask, what are you doing for self-care? Oftentimes people will say something that they're eating, whether they worked out or not. And these are, but these are to-dos. And I'd like people to look at self-care as, you know, what's going to make me smile? What makes me happy? Yeah. What did I do as a kid or as a teenager that like really brought joy? And it could, it doesn't have to be like a spa day. It could be reading a great book. It could be sitting by a fireplace, sipping on hot chocolate. It could be just something for you that just makes you happy. And I think an important word to think about is nourished. Yeah. How are you, how are you nourishing yourself? That's awesome. So just question, have you had any flare-ups since you started doing this? And if you did, what do you know what caused them? Yes. So um, the interesting thing about lupus, you have markers in your blood that can determine whether you are, you have it or you're in remission. Um So I did experiment. I wanted to see if I went back to eating certain foods, if I could do it. Because my doctor said, why don't you try? Yeah. See how far you can take this. And I did want to experiment because as much as I'm eliminating things, I, I do miss certain foods. Um, so I wanted to experiment with that. And I did get, I tested positive for lupus again, which I wrote about on um, my website and stuff, because I think it's, it's, um, informative for people to see how delicate you are. If you are a canary in a coal mine yep. that, um, you may be able to get away with some things, but it's not worth it. It's not worth the way you feel. So I played around with eating nightshades. And, um, the interesting thing is I found that Somebody like me, which is probably many people with autoimmune disease being so sensitive, just eating chicken that was not pastured, which is really hard to find. Pastured just means the chicken was eating grass and bugs as nature intended versus corn and GMO and grain. Yeah. And I was eating organic chicken at a cafe once a week while I was working. And that is how sensitive I am. Eating that chicken was so toxic to me that I tested positive for lupus again. Crazy. So I think an important message is that you can be highly sensitive and you need to pay attention to that. It's the smallest things. So um, maybe put some avocado on that salad instead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like avocado. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it's not important to have grass-fed meats. And wild seafood. Yeah. So. And if, do, do you take any supplements, by the way? I do. Um, supplements are an interesting thing to me. I'm, I'm of the belief that we need supplements for deficiencies. So because of, say, modern farming, our soils are so deplete of minerals we had 
over a hundred years ago that of course we're going to need certain things. So it's, it's a matter of what we're deficient in, but I also think there's supplements are not a, it's not something that's a magic pill either. And I think we sometimes, at least in America, I can speak for people really push supplements and it's quite the industry. Yeah. And I don't think all supplements are created equal. In fact, working with clients, I've often found, I ask them to look in their pantry and, you know, their cupboards and let's look at ingredients and you'll find sometimes inflammatory ingredients in our supplements. So that's alarming too. It's sometimes your supplements could be making you actually sick. Yeah. But yes, there's a need for things that we're deficient in. And I also think sometimes we're working towards a specific wellness goal and it's great to have um, supplements for that specific thing. But I do believe you gain more from a complex nutrient dense diet than you do from taking an assortment of supplements. Yeah, absolutely. So if I'm watching this now and let's say I have any autoimmune condition, not just lupus and uh, or Hashimoto's mm -hmm. because they all have the same mm -hmm. origin. What are some very easy things that I can do to just start feeling a bit better straight away? Great question. First, it's simple. Drinking enough water each day will give you energy that you don't have. Um, and also doing what I call front loading, taking the water earlier in the day so it doesn't disrupt your sleep later um, because you need that precious REM to recover for the next day, which is really important for autoimmune disease. But just having enough water, I don't, I think we underestimate the power of water in itself because it's very cleansing. It detoxes, it hydrates, we're made of water. It just cleanses the system. And when you have a disturbed body, when you have an autoimmune disease and something is causing inflammation, you need to take the inflammation down. And part of that game plan is hydration. So trying to drink at least 100 fluid ounces a day um, and taking that early in the day. Um, I think another powerful thing is getting outside and getting fresh air and grounding and making contact with the planet. So Mother Nature is healing. She's there for us, and it's another resource that's free. It's accessible, and it's something we don't always tap into. Um, to take the inflammation down, even if you have a headache or you feel kind of off or you're, I mean, these, this is for people without autoimmune disease. Maybe you're in a funk energetically, just grounding for 20 to 30 minutes, putting your feet on the earth will reset your energy. And it's a very gentle experience, a very gentle calibration. Um, and definitely I think the third, well, there's two other things I would say. Yep is also if you have a bad day, I think there's so much knowledge in that bad day. Instead of beating yourself up for having symptoms or not feeling well, get curious about what you ate that day, maybe what you ate the day before and reverse engineering that experience. So as much as these things come up and it makes us feel bad, know that Symptoms are a loving communication from your body that something just needs to be addressed and looked at. That's all it is. So get really curious. And then lastly, I would say just being open-minded. 
I think in our generation with everything going on in the world, I think we need to be open-minded that maybe there are other things that can serve our journey that maybe we didn't learn before. Maybe it's different. Maybe it's new. Maybe it's a little out there. But if you really want to heal, you should explore your options and listen to people who have accomplished the goal you you want to accomplish. Get curious. Learn more. There's so much online. um, And there's just a lot of information out there. So definitely keep the hope. And if somebody like me heals and finds remission, that means it's possible for you too. Absolutely. So how do you help your clients? How do I what? How do you help your clients? What do you do when you have a client? Yeah, so I work with them for three months because significant changes happen within that three-month period. It's intentional to work together three months in that you also gently create a lifestyle. It's not abrasive changes like, oh, stop eating this and this and this and hit the gym. It's a very different approach. And um, the first two weeks is just working on mindset. I believe our mindset is our, our our biggest friend or our biggest enemy. So if you believe you can heal, you will heal. But if you believe it's not possible for you, then it's not going to be possible. So we have to open ourselves up with a mindset that will serve our journey. You have to believe in order to achieve. So it's examining the first two weeks. Sometimes it's not even what I realize is people don't People do not even know they're telling themselves things in their everyday narrative, stories that do not serve them. Oh, yes. I'm not feeling well. This is never going to work for me. Whatever we're saying, and it's a matter of having that self-awareness that you're even saying it, and then flipping the script. So what's the opposite positive thing you can tell yourself when it comes to your stories and your beliefs? And then when you start telling yourself things that are serving your journey, suddenly it seems like invisible hands come out to help you. Suddenly the path unfolds. You start hearing other stories. Somebody comes into your life, whether it's like a podcast interview, but that experience is presenting itself to you. And suddenly you're focusing on what's going to help me versus this sucks. I hate where I'm at. Yeah, I love that. And it's it's so true. <laughs> so if someone wants to just check you out or work with you or whatever, where can they find you? Well, they can check out my website. My last name is Powers. So it's powersbeing, B-E-I-N-G dot com. Um, and then also I have a book on Amazon, Roadmap to Remission. And then over on Instagram, you can find me with the same name, Powers Being. And I'm always giving free information. And if you sign up for my newsletter on my website, too, I'm always providing value. It's free recipes, foods that healed me, wellness tips, all that stuff, because I I want this all to be accessible for people and spread the message that healing and remission is something that can be attained. Perfect. So do you have anything uh, additional to what we've been talking about that you think is very important for our listeners to 
to know about? Yeah, I think um, I think the first step in healing is having compassion for yourself, compassion for what you're going through, to not beat yourself up that this is something that's coming up just because it needs to be addressed and looked at lovingly. I think we're really hard on ourselves and you don't need to be. It just get curious and start showing yourself some compassion to take that first step towards healing. Perfect. So thank you so much for being here today. I love what you have shared with us and I think the message is a message that everyone will benefit from, not just those with autoimmune disease, because we all have an immune system. And at some point, that immune Mm -hmm. system is probably going to be in trouble. So just uh, take that to heart and try to implement some of the things that Christy has been talking about today. Thank you. Thank you so much, Pim. This was fun. Thanks for listening to the Elcal podcast. If you like the show and you want to support the show, you can do so by sharing it with anyone who you think may benefit from listening to it. Or if you're so inclined, you can make a donation over at PayPal or at Patreon and you will find the links in the description. Have an awesome day.